is where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! Ha <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. Today's episode is all about the WEF annual meeting in Davos. To no one's surprise, on the agenda were things such as a digital ID, centralized digital currency, capitalizing on COVID, and the main event, climate alarmism. Apparently, the world is melting, so what we need to do is jack up carbon prices, live a climate-positive lifestyle, combine the public, private, and philanthropic sectors in an unholy trinity of fantastic tyranny, with Klaus Schwab, of course, at the helm of it all. It's January 24th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is the Liberty Dispatch. Hello and welcome to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. As always, we are so thankful that you have joined us here on the program, and we would encourage you, wherever you're getting our content from, that you would like, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get our content out to more and more people. That way we can push back against the insane, biased, WEF-sponsored mainstream media. So we would encourage you to do that. We're also part of the FLF network. That's the Fight, Laugh, Feast network. We're part of a just wonderful array of wicked cool podcasts that go on over there. So flfnetwork.com, you're going to want to check that out. We are also on a nifty little app that they have called the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network app. And you're going to want to have that on your phone so you can get all our content on demand right on your Google or Apple devices because you can download them from those various app stores. You're also going to want to go over to our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's libertycoalitioncanada.com where you can check out the plethora of different things that we are doing over there. We have a lot going on. Uh, legal advocacy, we're fighting a case uh, alongside Josh Alexander right now. We are um, doing our various initiatives. We just got out of our second year of Biblical Sexuality Sunday, which was an, an amazing um, initiative as well that's borne great fruit already. And also these programs, uh, which are wonderful ways to push back against the mainstream media narrative. So we would suggest you go over there while you're over there, sign up at the bottom of the page to that email list that we have there. So you can stay in direct content or contact with us. Know when new content is coming out to you. And also if you would please donate, you can scan that QR code right at the bottom of the screen or go to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. And you can select if you want to give to the news programming and help us build this institution, do more programming, you can select Give to News and Commentary, which you'll be giving to us through Christian Week. Um, 
And it's a wonderful way to get a tax, a charitable tax donation um, receipt as well while you're over there. So we would encourage you to go over there, follow carefully along how you're going to um, leave a donation. There's new instructions on the website that we want to flag for you. They're also in every email that we send out as well. So thank you for all that have given and helped support us. And uh, we just encourage you to go do that. Finally, if you want to reach out to us directly, another change, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's how you can reach out to us directly. We would encourage you to do that. We love to hear from you. So that's mailbag at Liberty Coalition Canada. If you want to reach out to us with comments, questions, concerns about our programming specifically. So please go and do that. And thank you again for tuning in. So Matt, you had a Canadian moment there. You didn't say about, you said about. about you actually said about? you said about our commentary. So that was <laughs> uh, here's what we want to hear from you, our audience, in two hundred words or less. What is the World Economic Forum? Just just go oh, okay. just go just go there for it. Go. So in two hundred words or less, <laughs> you tell us. Imagine that we have no idea what the WEF is and you're trying to communicate this to someone who's new to the political, the global political landscape in 200 words or less. What is the World Economic Forum? Hit us up, mailbag at Canada.com. And we will, we'll try and do that in far more than 200 words throughout this program. Correct. <laughs> Friends, are you tired of having leftism rammed down your throat everywhere you turn? Of course you are. And so because you are, why are you buying coffee from companies that hate you and your freedoms? Resistance Coffee Company is here for you. Now you can enjoy the wonderful taste of fresh roasted coffee with the knowledge that your money isn't funding the leftist causes you despise. Resistance Coffee roasts specialty grade coffee beans, which means you're getting high end coffee that is roasted fresh for you with a date right on the bag. Be done with stale grocery store coffee. Support Canadian freedoms. Go to resistancecoffee.com slash LCC and join the resistance today and get 10% off your first purchase when you use that slash LCC and continue to use that slash LCC after your first purchase so they know we sent you. Resistancecoffee.com slash LCC. Well, Andrew, here we are, first program of the week. We normally jump into a week in review segment, but today we actually want to look back more broadly at the week that was in Davos, Switzerland. This past week, January 16th through the 23rd, 2023, some of the world's most influential people in government, in business, technology, science, and medicine, all descended on the beautiful little mountain town of Davos in the eastern part of Switzerland for Andrew, as you made mention at the top of the program, for the World Economic Forums, formerly the World Management Forum, but that was a little too on the nose, so they had to switch that up, um, annual meeting 2020. 
uh, three. And so that's what we want to talk about today. I know some of you probably were like, are they not going to touch on this? They're going to let this go back by because we didn't touch on it last week. Um, uh, we we just wanted to kind of see how the week unfolded and then comment uh, on it more broadly. Um I, I'm sure, Andrew, you you echo my sentiments here, but kudos to Rebel News and True North um, for going to the annual meeting, for covering the annual meeting right on the, the ground. Much of what we today can present to you comes from the hard work done by them. So, you know, some might see us as competitors or whatever, but big thumbs up to those guys because and gals because it's really important that we start having alternative media who are going to ask difficult questions, who are going to go to these events and not lick the boots of all these leaders, um, but who are going to push back against what they were doing. Um, and I'll actually link specifically in the description below the day by day breakdown that was provided from true North. Uh, Andrew Lawton was on the ground there. He's a friend of the program. Um, We'll just put that kind of day-to-day -day breakdown. If you want to just catch up on exactly what happened throughout the week, that'll be an easy way to do that too. Ezra Levant had a good, uh, had a really good summary of the total thing as well on on Rebel News. It's so okay. funny watching it because Rebel covered it in Rebel fashion. Yeah, microphones in the faces of pol of, of political leaders and company leaders. Why did yeah. you keep putting the jabs if you knew they were unsafe? And then True North News in very True North News fashion was a little more polished, a little. But that's great. They, yeah. they both handled it differently. So I'm quite thankful <laughs> for the way that they covered it. Now, before we wanted to get in, before we want to get in the meat of the discussion regarding the 52nd annual mm -hmm. meeting of the World Believe Economic it or not, Forum. that's crazy. That's been 52 yeah. years. And people that's are only waking up now to the fact that this really exists and it has well, great influence over what happens. People don't want to eat bugs, and so now everyone and and, and, and <laughs> eggs are true. five dollars a dozen. So everyone's That's losing their true. minds. That's now, true. But but before we get into this this week of globalist gargoyles who <laughs> desire to crush individual sovereign nation states, we wanted to start things off on a positive note, and that mm -hmm. is despite this meeting happening for five decades, people are starting to wake up. Mm -hmm. about what's going on with these globalists. And this is seen here in this little clip here of, of Klaus Schwab. So here he is, and he's asked about his influence over political leaders. And you're going to see that clip, and then we're going to contrast that with something else <laughs> that the, uh, the, the Dr. Evil Klaus Schwab said not that long ago when Justin Trudeau was elected prime minister for the first time. I often expressing myself, except now I have to explain why we have chosen the scene. But you never have heard from me political statements or economic Baloney. statements. Uh, which are, <laughs> let's say, in any way. In any uh, way, Andrew. Uh, Universal uh, negative. Influencing uh, political personalities. Not but um, what we are very proud of now, oh, but he's proud the young of. generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, mm -hmm. President of of Argentina and so on. Our federal cabinet so penetrates the cabinets. So cool. yesterday I was hmm. at a reception. Would you consider that influential? Trudeau. Uh, and fix your mic. I <laughs> would know that half of this cabinet, or even more half of uh, half of this cabinet, are 
for our actually young global leaders of the world economy right. forum. So there you have it. Uh, it, it Klaus Schwab oh. versus Klaus Schwab. Right. <laughs> and and th that's what we wanted to highlight as a piece of good news right off the bat is the only reason that Klaus Schwab has to gaslight people on his influence in the world is because he's worried about the fact that people are waking up to the reality of his influence in the world. He's been doing this for 52 years now. And there's been a little fanfare. It's been a vacation hotspot for the the elites in our society in all sectors of life, but their feet haven't been held to the, to the fire. They've been working these machinations behind the scenes and nobody's been shining a light on what they're doing and their agenda. But now people are. And, and that's why he has to deflect and just blatantly lie. Right. The, it, Trudeau is seriously a young global leader who has learned from Schwab because how oftentimes has Trudeau just blatantly lied when caught in a trap? That's obviously the playbook. When every, you're caught, just every lie time. Yeah, every, every time. time, every time. So, so uh, Dr. Evil there mentioned <laughs> the young leaders, the part of the WEF Young Global Leaders Program. And yes. he was correct that half of our half of Canada's federal cabinet and many of the political leaders who are not a part of the cabinet, such as Jagmeet Singh, for example, yeah, yeah. Uh, are a part of this program. So we want to talk about another leader mm -hmm. who was once a part of this program. And this is still in our good news segment yeah. of the show. And this is the prime tyrant of New Zealand, mm -hmm. Jacinda Ardern, has stepped down. Kind of rather shocking. People are surprised by it. And uh, I saw this this picture floating around on social media. I saw this meme, and I thought that we would uh, we would play this as well. This made me chuckle. You're a lover of all things memes, so I'm I glad really to do play. like memes. <laughs> it made me chuckle yeah. when I was uh, drinking my coffee the other day. And so you know how you, it's that that scene in movies when someone stands in front of something they just blew up. You got Iron Man. For those of you who are listening, you have Iron Man. Right in the first movie, he fires that little tiny rocket that blows up the tank. And then there's Wolverine, who's just walking away from a huge explosion. It's awful CGI. And then there's Heath Ledger's The Joker, who's walking in front of the hospital that he blows up. And then there's Jacinda Ardern standing in front of a map of because <laughs> she blew it up. She yeah. blew it up. So we need. So this is, you know what? This is good news that mm -hmm. she's gone, and yes. people should rightly be happy about this. So we want to mm -hmm. just, we, we briefly want to touch on some of the highlights of her her reign in new zealand and one of the things that we're not even going to mention here but we, we we've talked about it at length is the baby in new zealand baby will who was taken by his parents by police officers and forced to have a blood transfusion with blood the parents did not want because the high court in new zealand sided with the surgeons over the parents that's her New Zealand. So we're going to rewind a little bit. Back in 2021, New Zealand Herald's deputy, deputy political editor, Derek Chang, asked Ardern, so he asked the prime fascist, so you've basically said you probably don't see it like this, but two different classes of people, if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. You have all these rights if you are vaccinated. Ardern replied, that is what it is. Yep. So she admits to creating a new social medical apartheid in her own country. 
She also implemented a radical zero COVID policy similar to China. So when you have political social moves similar to the communist regime in China, that's a bad look for you. During the height of the pandemic, she said, quote, so this is an actual, this isn't tinfoily stuff. You, you, can, you can find this in a video. She said, quote, we will continue to be your single source of truth. Unless you hear it from us, it is not the truth. So this is another example of the left using 1984 as an instruction manual. <laughs> yes, yes, and absolutely. And how, and how yeah, sacrilegious and is this? Like, I want to for I'm Chris. The way, yeah, I'm the uh, way, I'm the truth is what you Yes, yeah. Like, she's, she's literally attributing to herself and her government, the very words of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about this necessary spiritual battle, and this is it manifested. It doesn't take some woo-woo spiritualizing of this whole thing to see she is claiming the very thing that Christ claims about himself. It's like when and, and science, right? When exactly. Science, so absolutism that doesn't belong... So as Christians, you will know them by their fruit. If they're claiming literally godlike attributes <laughs> and and uh, claiming a level of allegiance that is only due to Christ the King, what is that? It's Antichrist by nature. Okay, so we have to understand that as such, and we don't have to get weird and mystical about the whole thing. It just is blatantly on its face, Andrew. And it's it's we also need to note as well that latest opinion polls right before her dishonorable stepping down <laughs> put her personal popularity at its lowest since she was elected. I wonder how much of a baby being stolen from his parents in the middle of the night had to do with yes. that and approval something. of her party's performance was similarly low and which so, is the labor marxist party right everybody so, should realize you know what we, we 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 didn't we were we were unable to hear from our on the ground correspondent glinda the good witch we fired her my people were worried be, about the occultic influence so my my <laughs> guess would be we would hear similar reports from glinda on the ground in new zealand yes as we heard on the ground uh in london uh, around <laughs> western university so she's gone that's good news interesting and gone that's good yeah, yeah andrew and this is this is a really really important point because it actually highlights something that's really important that actually connects with the wef not only was she a young global leader but we're actually seeing a very important trend that i want to make our listeners and viewers aware of um our Dern stepping down her resignation is just kind of the latest in WEF young global, global leaders or influencers being ousted in their countries, right? So this this highlights the unpopular nature of the WEF's agenda when it's actually implemented on that local level. When <laughs> you could talk about uh, you know global warming and uh, you know environmental stewardship in the abstract, but when these things are actually put in place in laws and and various things uh, on the municipal on the local level, people hate them. 
because they ruin people's lives. So recently in Italy, another WEF influencer, Mario Draghi, who was the prime minister in 2021 and 2022, he was thrown out of his ear, out on his ear by a populist uprising in Italy because this never elected PM in Draghi, who was appointed by President Sergio Mattarella as the head of this sort of technocratic regime that was trying to be installed to, to build what they said was national unity. It did anything but. Instead of building national unity, Draghi went full bore on the WEF's agenda, which created unbelievable amounts of divisiveness in Italy to try and thrust them into a fourth industrial um, revolution, which ultimately led to a ferocious rejection of Draghi and his his subsequent resignation. So Draghi and Ardern are just two examples, Andrew, of recent unpopular <laughs> are there other Matt? Any any other yeah. any other any other notable <laughs> yes. unpopular lead WEF young leaders who are polling pretty poorly and it certainly isn't because of election integrity <laughs> that they keep winning. We no, exactly. That. Certainly I, not that. Exactly. So Emmanuel Macron in France is one. They've had all sorts of issues in France. His popularity rate has been plummeting ever since he took office. And he's quite, quite, he's come quite, despite winning kind of resoundly, first of all, he's come quite close to losing his office because of his dwindling popularity in France. And then you just don't have to look any further than our prime hypocrite here in Canada, Justin Trudeau, who we already saw Schwab was excited that he got elected and that his cabinet's been penetrated by 50% of WEF young global leaders, including one of their board members, Christian Freeland. Um, but Justin Trudeau, his government's the least popular ruling government, gov government in Canadian history. He can only rule in top-down tyrannical control because of his alliance that he has with the orange communists the NDP. Um, and the fact of the matter is they're just ramming down, top-down, world-beating, life-changing uh, legislation with the thinnest of thin mandates, as we've talked about. They lost the popular votes the last two elections. So you hear every all these Democrats in the states, oh, you know, Trump won the, the, the electoral college, but he lost the popular vote, therefore he shouldn't be president. Well, whenever that happens the other way around, uh, the leftists are quickly a little mum on those things. But then you then you can also look at a place like California, Gavin Newsom, right? He's a W in the United States. <laughs> yes. He's he's no a he's a WEF young global leader and he's governor of California, who narrowly, even in that terrible place, even in that progressive of all progressive places, he narrowly Miss being thrown out on his ears I really again. Hope Larry Elder wins next time. Well, I would love to see Larry Elder as the cover. Of yeah, no, exactly. That would yeah, be tremendous. Exactly, and he so he uh, was almost recalled in the the progressive haven that yeah. is California, and that's the fact of the matter is wherever we see these WEF influencers or young global leaders, wherever they are put in place, despite talking about our democracy and building a good future together as a cohesive unit. All we actually see is every single one of these leaders 
further growing divisiveness and actually installing a regime and implementing policies that are against the best interests of their constituents. That is something we see across the board. And we see a diminishment of social cohesion and a top-down and an increase of top-down in authoritarian control everywhere that the WEF influencers go. And that's not a coincidence, Andrew. It's absolutely not a coincidence. Right. And that's so what we wanted is we wanted to Yes, absolutely. And we wanted to start off before getting into the various clips, talking about what happened last week, to talk about that's the reality of the situation. And we can be thankful that people are starting to wake up to that situation because this is this is seriously what the WEF is trying to implement. And wherever it's being implemented, it is at the detriment of ordinary citizens of various nations across the world. So we need to ask our audience a question. The question is this. If you had the opportunity, wouldn't you prefer to work with people who share your faith and worldview, especially when it comes to managing your family's financial future? Why would you want to work with someone who is opposed to your strongly held convictions? Choose Rocklink Investment Partners when it comes to your wealth. They're not a big bank or some multinational financial firm. They're a private family office that is 100% Christian and Canadian owned. That, that's enough reason for you to drop everything you have and move all your investments over there. Send them an email and learn about how they can help you grow and protect your family's wealth. Email rocklink at info at rocklink.com or visit them at www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C. And, and just so you understand that we're not just using flowery language. I was visiting with the guys at Rocklink two weeks ago, and I sat down with one of the guys there who manages my investments and my family's investments. And we sat for three hours and we talked about dominion, theonomy. We talked about the Christian response to what's happening cu culturally and <laughs> biblically, how the Christian is to engage in the world and what the hope is for the future of Christians in our country. So the, the brothers at Rocklink are the real mm -hmm. deal they and are. they're not, they're not escapist. They're not, uh Oh, the world's coming to an end. And so everyone hide in your fallout shelters. These are solid brothers who manage money. Well, you're going to want to connect with them. You want to become friends with them. But while we're on the topic of failed political <laughs> leaders, yeah, those who are you know very not likable and uh, <laughs> and who don't do a very good job, we want to play a clip from failed Democratic presidential candidate Al Gore to cue up our discussion on climate change. Now, before we before we play this clip, I just I want to let you know if you're driving right now, or if you're if you're operating heavy machinery, just just either stop what you're doing. Or just kind of gather yourself because Al comes out like fast and furious. Like he comes out hot and Al wants you to know that he is intense and he is serious. And if you're not ready for it, you might be taken taken aback and you might be caught off guard by Al's intensity and his anger because the planet's melting. So you've been warned. Do what you need to do. Put a seatbelt on. Here we go. 
creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. And then Look the moon the falls from heaven. And political authoritarian <laughs> trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say, we have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had, and we need have had, and we need to make some change. Man, it what like, it sounds like uh, for some reason, all I can hear is that one sermon that J.D. Greer preached, where he was angry about how we have to be loud about what the Bible is loud about and whisper what the Bible whispers about, and the Bible seems to yell about pride and whisper about sexual immorality, and yeah. and in both cases. Here you have um, guys who are not great leaders yeah. ushering in some sort of woke Marxist <laughs> agenda. Anyways, yeah. for what it's worth, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm slamming, I'm slamming on JD Greer a little bit. Deal with it yeah. if you don't. If you're not a big fan. Well, Gore's talking points are as mailed in as uh, JD Greer's sermons. So right, uh, um, that was an impless, impressive display of demagoguery. Andrew, you see, cool. see what I did there? I see what you did there. Dem Demogorgory, because uh, yep. his name's Al Gore. Uh, also, he, also, he could also double as a creature from the upside down. Yeah, he also so, could. All, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, lest anyone be confused. Um, I'm not talking about Demogorgon. Anyways, um, Andrew, the climate crisis, so-called, is really the camel's nose in the tent um, of this whole situation. Because this is kind of the predicate for everything that we're seeing being thrusted onto people, okay? So the supposed looming climate catastrophe is, is just that. It's the foundation of this aggressive push by the WEF and their global partners, both in the public sphere and the private sphere, to install a, a brand new... Um, uh, transition a brand new economy into a globalist enviro-communofascistic regime. And this is how they argue, Andrew, um, it, which you saw reflected in Al Gore's you know, exuberance. They say, climate change is an existential threat to all humans. That's a lie. And because of that, we must move fast, institute a groundbreaking societal change over all the sectors of our lives, private, public, and, you know, philanthropic. We need to change the world because if we don't, everyone's going to die. Did well, it, did it, I was pretty close there, right? What's, what's <laughs> interesting about this is Al Gore said the same thing uh, like 12 years ago with an inconvenient truth. Yes. <laughs> and here's what we know to be true. Polar bear population, even though he said they would be wiped out, is larger than it's ever been. Oops. In uh, oopsies, in terms the of ozone uh, repaired climate, itself, <laughs> right? Ozone repaired itself. Uh, in terms of overall climate, interestingly enough, just a number of years ago, NASA predicted that we'll be entering into a uh, a smaller, maybe fifty year period of global cooling. So he was wrong about that. Mm. Uh, ice, the uh, polar ice caps. A couple years ago, I remember reading an article that NASA's actual thermal imaging showed that there's a greater amount, the actual volume of ice at the polar caps is greater than it was at the time these projections were made. So Gord's um, lucky that we still don't have yeah. the same standard for profits in our age that the Bible oh, holds forth because he'd be damned. 
Absolutely. Yes. So, I mean, this is this this it's it, and so that's why for our audience, please, and like we say here at Liberty Dispatch, cut through the euphemism. It's not climate change; it's climate alarmism. Yes, that's what it is. It is climate alarmism. It's climate catastrophe. That's what's going on. And if you've never seen the movie 2012, uh, first of all, don't watch it. If you're not seeing it, you're it's not really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> it's but really this movie bad. had everything to do with the fact that the Mayan calendar yes, past yeah. 2012. But what was the whole idea that in 2012, the world ends and this is going to come to an end and everyone's freaking out. Same thing happened in 1999. Right, like it, it, oh, the Y two K, and a lot of people made a lot of bank over that. Mm-hmm. That there are people who seek to make a lot of money over you being terrified and saying that the only solution to the problem that's that's an existential threat is if you do what they say. And this attitude, this this mad, mm-hmm. the world's coming to an end kind of attitude, was was encapsulated in. In a speech, and we're just going to give you just a portion yes. of the speech from the U.S. S- significant General, portion, two minutes. Yeah, Antonio <laughs> Guterres, you'll see he's going to come out swinging right away. Climate mm-hmm. catastrophe, and we have to understand. You have to understand. WEF, UN, they're just like working in total lockstep, loader, lo- total concert. To the UN is a is is filled with scum and villains who are equally as guilty of this nonsense as the WEF. Someone should, someone should make a meme, just I'm thinking about this now. Anyone who's creative, you should make a meme where you should take the Sinister Six, right, which are <laughs> six Spider-Man villains, Dr. Octopus, Green Goblin, the Lizard, right, whatever. So you have yeah. that. Or some sort of evil superhero conglomerate, um, and then you should, you should superimpose in them the UN, the WHO, the WEF, the International yeah. Bank of Settlements. So if anyone is into any memory, please do that. Send that my way, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Let's, uh, let's hear Antonio Guterres talk about uh, how we're all, we're all going to die. Do we have That's, to? We have to. <laughs> yep. We are flirting with climate disaster. Ah! Brings a new climate horror story. Greenhouse gas emissions are at record levels and growing. The commitment to limit global temperature rise to 1.5 degrees is nearly going up in smoke. Without further action, we are headed to a 2.8 degree increase. Oh, uh, we're all going to die. And the consequences, as we all know, is more cherries more yeah. cherry production that's Several the po- possibly more vineyards longer production series seasons and for many <laughs> it will mean a death sentence but this is not a surprise notice the he's not putting any figures or decades. anything he's just making assertions and i'm not talking only about uh, un scientists i'm talking as if they don't have an agenda <laughs> about Fossil fuel scientists. Oh, he says fuel, but because of that accent, it sounds like fossil fuel. Fossil fuel fossil producers fuel? were fully yeah. aware in the 70s that their core product was baking our planet. And just like the tobacco industry, they rode roughshod over uh, their own yeah. science. Exactly Some like tobacco. In big oil, peddled the big lie. How did you all, how did everyone fly? Industry, how did you 
fly to Switzerland, Antonio? Yeah. Did you did you did you burn yeah. corn oil? Like how did you get there? <laughs> fossil fuel producers and their enablers are still racing to expand production. They're still racing you know, to Davos well, for the company's business yeah. model is inconsistent racing. with human survival. <laughs> It's so no, crazy. It's still the cheapest, most accessible fiction. form of energy on the planet. Um, and he's talking about it as though it's a narcotic that's going to kill people, which apparently BC thinks should be uh, <laughs> decriminalized. Um, right. Everyone's it, allowed to have 2.5 grams of, of, of high-octane fuel yes. on their person. That's another one of those illegal substances. Yeah. So, I mean... He talks. He talks as he talks about oil as though it's like tobacco, which is is just as tobacco leads to lung cancer and it's going to kill you. And all these evil companies were profiting off your death. Well, so to the oil companies, Andrew. So to these companies who are making money off of oh, allowing you to drive to work. Oh, that doesn't sound that bad. Heat your house? Hmm. That doesn't sound that bad either. Oh, it's almost as if it's total nonsense that he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's all alarmism. But this is the sort of alarmism that our government officials love. So we'll get into the just transition because th this, this kind of ties into the climate um, debate. But first, I want to... When we're talking about the WEF and their agenda, uh, we've used some strong language. I've talked about the enviro-communofascistic regime that they want to install. And I think a lot of people might say, oh, Matt, that's strong language. That Are you speaking hyperbolically? And I want to tell you, I am absolutely not exaggerating at all when I speak in that way. And we don't need any further proof than what just happened during this last week at this convention, Canada has agreed to join the new WEF and Biden-sponsored climate change co coalition. This is a really, really important story brought to us by True North. According to True North, Canadian officials have further ingrained their commitment to net zero by 2050 when they announced on Wednesday that the government will join a global coalition started by the World Economic Forum and U.S. President Joe Biden to influence markets and foster a net zero world. Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne announced Canada will become a government partner to the First Mover Coalition, a global group of 69 green technology advocates from top corporations. Canada's participation in the First Movers Coalition reflects our government's commitment to support industrial decarbonization, said Champagne. While this commitment is nothing new, what must be highlighted for our viewers, and this is why I want to interject this in the conversation, is the nature of the agreement, Andrew, because it is fascistic to its core, and that comes clearly out in literally a White House press release that you have for us. Yeah, so on November 9th, 2022, the Biden White House, led by Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, John Kerry, another failed political leader, in case you're 
wondering. Starting we're, to we're, notice a trend. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're starting to fill a carton of a dozen here. Yeah. And uh, and this certainly isn't overpriced like the eggs are. This is a this is a carton of of garbage. So th- this is what he announced. He announced a major expansion of the First Movers Coalition, the public-private partnership to commercialize clean technologies through advanced purchase commitments on the initiative's first anniversary, according to the White House press release. The press release goes on to say, launched by President Biden in partnership with the World Economic Forum at COP26, the First Movers Coalition has expanded to include 65 companies, representing more than 10% of the global Fortune 2000 by market value, (laughs) as well as 10 government partners. This is the Biden administration celebrating, creating a fascistic coalition in a press release. And by the way, this is the coalition to which our country and our leaders has attached itself. And I'll also say that we say Biden, but we really don't mean Biden because at this point, Biden is weekend at Bernie's. Biden has his handlers who tell him what to say. And then they give him a cookie and a Werther's original, and then they put him down for a nap with a warm glass of milk, and then they parade him around on strings like a puppet, and they control his hand to sign the document. So it's it's not really Biden. It's the, it's the handlers and the power players behind him. But this is Biden, and this is our leaders in our country have agreed to this, mm-hmm. that they have now gone in bed together with this. Yeah, and I mean, guys, this is huge. A Okay, what are we told about the WEF? It's some sort of crazy conspiracy to believe that that there's this influential supranational group group that that is influencing geopolitics. They're they're a think tank. That's all. They're a think tank. And then, by the way, I just anecdotally, when 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 a guy from my church was running for the Ontario party, I was his campaign manager. Yeah, we went to a series of debates, and someone in one of the debates brought up a question. Uh-huh. saying to all the different candidates, what's your thoughts on the World Economic Forum? And then a number of the candidates intelligently said, oh, I don't really know a lot about them. I don't have thoughts on them, which, of course, that's what they're supposed to do. But the candidate for the Green Party said they're nothing more than a think tank. They have no real political power. They don't really pull any strings. It's just a global think tank. And there was a gasp. And one of the guys like laughed out loud audibly at that answer because <laughs> here's the proof. The proof is they're more than just that. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's it, and that's just that's it. It's just gaslighting. And see, it's the CPC, the CBC um, tried to gaslight through their article. Right. Um, say, oh, it's a conspiracy to think that this think tank has any actual sway over geopolitics. Listen, Biden just he said it. I didn't say he said they they did this in conjunction with the World Economic Forum. Oh, and by the way, in, in that in that as well, to note quickly, political leaders get to go to Davos for free. If you're not a political leader, you have to pay anywhere from two hundred and fifty to six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to attend, unless you're a part of the actual press. Andrew Lawton was talking about this. If you're an official press mm-hmm. member, that's different. Yeah. But if you're a, a, the owner of a, a company or a business or whatever big tech, it costs you near a million dollars to Which go there. Which they can probably just write off anyway. But if you're a political <laughs> leader, you go for free. And yeah. being at Davos is a sweet gig. So don't say that they have no influence over political leaders and no sway because mm-hmm. we'll throw this here too. The demand for prostitutes and escorts skyrocketed in Davos during this mm-hmm. time, which means 
mean, we can't say this for certain, but this is allegedly <laughs> here. You have the World Economic Forum, our, our global veterans. They're, <laughs> they're allowing you yeah. as a world leader to come here for free. You're putting you up in an, an incredible hotel, feeding you the most elaborate, exquisite food you'll find anywhere in the world, pampering you and then throwing, obviously not at your pocket, but they'll pay for it prostitutes and escorts to help feed whatever sinful lustful desire you have you're going to tell me that that has zero influence on yeah. world leaders when you're going to throw all this at them That's yeah not exactly and and also like in the press release it says already just in the first year they amassed 65 different companies who signed on to this fascistic coalition that that is 10% of global of the global fortune 2000 market that this is corporatism this is fascism this is yep. the merger of the private sector with the public sector this is everything that i thought we hated guys and this is being done in the open and celebrated. I'll I'll link it in the description to put below. Not only the White House press release, but the recent release from our federal government that comes directly from the government itself, championing what is fascism. Canada is a fascistic nation now. That is not the Hitler fallacy. This is the reality of the situation that we're dealing with in 2023. Canada is a fascistic nation. And they're an enviro communo fascistic nation. And seemingly people are okay with fascism so long as it is going to line their pockets and it's in their political interest. This is yep. crazy. This is absolutely, absolutely crazy. But why should we be surprised when Canada goes down this road when our deputy prime minister one of the highest ranking officials in our government sits on the board of the WEF and has a yes. fiduciary responsibility and obligation to further the aims of the WEF. She has that. Christia Freeland, who went to Davos, sits on the board of the WEF, and she's also an elected official in Canada. That is and the Minister of Finance, too. That's Deputy an Prime Minister and the Minister of Finance. That's our money, people. Yes, <laughs> that's an insane conflict of interest. I sit on a board. I would never be allowed to do that. I would never, also, ever be allowed to do that. So I, I want everybody to pay attention to the play here. And this is really, really important because I think some people can get a little confused with all that's going on um, at Dov Davos and everything, you know, because there's protesters outside. There's there's even more calls from environmental activists to do more and quicker and all these things. The play here is bottom up, top down, inside out. And I want you to understand what I mean by that. So you have these insanely radical activists and NGOs who are you know, pushing an agenda. They push for sweeping societal change on climate, pressuring, you know, governments, because that's what it's their controlled opposition. They're pressuring governments to and businesses to make world beating change. Then top down, you have governments who use the bottom up pressure 
as their justification for taking bold action and urgent action on the climate issue. Then you have Inside Out. Governments bring pressure on corporations to change or else those corporations will be left behind. So then corporations use that bottom-up pressure from the activists and the top-down pressure from government as their justification from working inside the private sphere to change the entire economic system model from a stakeholder system or from sorry a shareholder system where it's the fiduciary responsibility of companies to act in the best interest of those who have shares in their company who who have stuff that's actually at stake in their company to this new stakeholder capitalistic um enviro communo fascistic corporatism that we're seeing which, which um vivek ramaswamy has called woke capitalism so you're seeing all these th things take place and well if you call it a corporation about being woke and in engaging in woke capitalism they'll say what other choice do we have the government's making us do it look at all these activists on the ground they want this change can't you feel it therefore we're justified in taking this world beating chain government oh the people want it look at the groundswell on the ground look at look at what industry is doing they're they're moving this way so we're just trying to promote what's already taking place but what is actually happening is all three pillars of this new 3p partnership public private philanthropic which is the wef playbook they're all playing off of each other in order to install a plan that will profit every partner in this new environmental communo fascistic regime and the ones who are going to pay for it are you andrew you and me and every other tax-paying citizen we're going to foot the bill for these people to go on expensive vacations and hang out in ski villages and, and hobnob with all the richest, most influential people in the world. That's who's going to pay for it, and that's whose lives are going to be most affected by it. Well, talking about all this and talking about the Davos stuff, really, <laughs> I, couldn't think of a, I couldn't think of a better, a better time to talk about our friends over at Bull Bitcoin. It seems to fit right now. Uh, interestingly enough, there was an entire discussion at Davos essentially slamming cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and saying how it's bad. Don't don't do it. No, no, no. We want centralized centralized currency, please. Bit Bitcoin is bad. We don't want your freedom. Well, let's talk about our friends over at Bull Bitcoin. Our federal government, in case you've been asleep for the last three years, especially their response to economic difficulties is to basically print money until it's worthless, driving up the cost of everything, including a dozen eggs for $5. If you haven't noticed that, eggs are worth more than gold right now by weight. This essentially steals from your hard-earned pay. They also want to monitor your spending by way of centralized digital currency, and they want to control you by way of a digital ID. All things that WEF is behind and that the annual meeting they were discussing in terms of implementing and making a reality. So here's what you need to do. You need to take control of your own resources, be responsible for your own money, which is your responsibility. Bull Bitcoin wants to help you do just that. Bull Bitcoin is a 100% self-funded, freedom-minded Canadian Bitcoin exchange 
that wants to protect your financial freedom and help you protect your resources. If you're at all aware of what's going on in our country, you should seriously consider connecting with my friends over at Bull Bitcoin. Ask them all your questions. The customer service there is top notch. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Again, that's mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. So we've talked about the communo side of things. <laughs> and now we're sorry, we, 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 we've talked about the enviro side of things. And the fascistic side of things. Yep. And now we're going to talk about the communo, the economic <laughs> yeah. side of things that's been that's been addressed mm -hmm. at the annual meeting for the World Economic Forum this year. And mm -hmm. so the global elites are planning a different and new kind of economy through authoritarian command and control economic schemes. This is a key element of the annual meeting at Davos for the World Economic Forum. It's what they call the reskilling revolution. What they're calling for is the preparation of global citizens. And if that sounds nebulous and disconcerting, you have every you are right to be concerned at the idea of global citizens to be quote unquote justly transitioned into the fourth industrial revolution. So the language increasingly used by leaders around the globe is concerning a sustainable and just transition. This phrase, these words were used over and over again last week, the just transition, how we're going to transition out of things regarding the economy. So we want to play you a number of clips highlighting this and make comments on them. So here you have Oxford University professor Nagar Woods. Notice how she introduces her carbon tax idea. So she's going to talk about carbon tax and, and prices and what that means. But look at the phrase or the words that she uses to set up what needs to be done on a global stage. What is, what is really required now on the energy transition? And the thing that's missing is clear, permanent government goals. There was the energy the transition. The minimum thing <laughs> that governments need to do, whether it's the Chinese government, the European Union government, African governments, or the American government. And that's to set the rules that create an ecosystem for every company in the world to then make excellent decisions on the energy transition. According to them. You know, first, obviously, a carbon price. Not obviously. a pretend yes. price, but a real carbon price that, that companies can Literally know is Literally taxing what going the to air change. you believe. Companies need to know that the goalposts won't shift every year or every three years. or Multiple every times a year in Canada. So and I think that's the, that's the one thing about the energy transition that we now absolutely have to set our minds to. We shouldn't let it become a partisan football. So she's calling for Andrew to avoid partisanship, a globally instituted carbon tax that is fixed and permanent. Who determines it? Well, Doctor Evil, Doctor Evil. Evil, Klaus Schwab himself. Yeah, yeah. unelected. I'm assuming un around with these yeah. people around his table. Yeah, That's un unelected determines the carbon yeah. the carbon tax. Yeah, to destroy the world. So it's funny that, to me that, that, that all these idiots talk about our democracy. Like when we talk about the, <laughs> the use of the word just and transition when they're talking about the economy, 
who decides we're going through a transition? It's it's it should be it should be it should be naturally occurring market forces of voluntary exchange that is determining when we're transitioning our economy. What we're being told is this is a right. top-down planned transition of the economy, and they're going to break your knees and companies right. who won't play along if you will not get on. So they want a and global governance that's going to force people to transition. That's what they want. That's the point. External supranational yes. decisions being made. Unelected anti, officials. It's anti-democratic. Yeah. Right? So it has nothing to do with the will of the people, even though we're not a pure democracy in Canada or the United no. States. Right. And no Where one should want a, to be. We're, 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 you know, we're a parliamentary system in the United yeah. States is a constitutional republic. But mm -hmm. even still, the fact is that the will of the people as expressed through their elected officials is what determines ultimately what legislation rules the day. But here you have an external body made up of yes. people who are gaining financially from the decision mm -hmm. saying we need to protect democracy when what they're doing is implementing undemocratic and yes. I would say anti-democratic yeah. ideas. So that, we saw that language there of the just transition. Mm -hmm. This over and over again occurred in the annual meeting at Davos. It is a Marx, it's Marxist in its mm -hmm. underpinning. Yeah. And it was largely championed by Marxist trade unionists across the globe who mm -hmm. labored in lobbying the UN to adopt their socialistic ideas into their sustainable future. Now, this language is all over the Paris Agreement, mm -hmm. which everyone is bought into. Yeah. Right. Every it's, it's every country around the world has the same 2030 and 2050 goals that we yeah. see in the Paris Climate Agreement. We see this also in the UN's various COP declarations. Now, mm -hmm. here we see another example of Martin Wetzelar. Now, he's he's not just a nobody. He's mm -hmm. the director and the CEO of CEPSA, which is a Spanish energy company. This is a big player in energy production in Spain. Mm -hmm. And look at his ideas oh, for how it is that we are going to transition justly. Let's see what mm -hmm. he has to say. At Davos. And on that last one, I think if you, I will combine it with your question, uh, what it would be your wish, is to get much higher carbon prices yep. and to use that money to subsidize clean energies. It's very, very simple. But in Europe, we've seen an enormous response this year, 20% less natural gas use. Because <laughs> nobody Why? can afford it. It's very expensive. <laughs> it's very simple. It's a very He's happy about that. But just make mm -hmm. what you try to avoid expensive and subsidize the thing that you try to build. It's not that so he makes, we're not doing it, certainly not globally. Dude, he makes me want to well, die because like, he says a capitalist intervention. You, Dude, what? Yeah. Well, ah! he makes it sound like this is the sound. The way he, the way he plays it is look at the, look at the groundswell. Like yeah. look at the people who have who've said, you know what? We're going to turn away from fossil fuel consumption. And again, this this is the bait and switch. The bait and yes, switch the is they're saying it's democratic. It's gonna, it's, it's highly democratic. Look, it's the will of the people <laughs> from the bottom up. Here they are yeah. desiring this. But the truth is they've been if kneecapped. You crush, if you crush the people yeah. under the weight of oppressive measures, mm. you can't say that it's something they're choosing yeah. on their own. Wh which is that's literally the, the purpose. Lie. Yeah, it's right. literally goes, the purpose again, of the carbon tax. It, it's it's, it's anti-democratic. Yeah. They're using the word democratic, but what they really mean is totalitarian. That's yes. what they really mean when they say yeah. democratic. And when he and said, when say that's not democratic, they say, Oh, you're being an alarmist. Yeah. No, they're the ones who are 
Alarmist. He's an alarmist yeah, and, and to drive everything. Absolutely. And when he says it's, oh, it's really like a capitalist intervention, you, you no, what? Maybe, maybe in Marx's twisted world where he defined cat like free markets illegitimately and termed it capitalism, maybe that makes sense because he doesn't know, like he's an idiot. But in well, a free market mean, system, intervention yeah. by the government is inappropriate no, what, what, on its what face. By, what he means by capitalist is suppo suppose you own a tire, a an automobile tire production factory, and mm -hmm. you sell tires of you, you sell tires of all sizes, right? 14, 15, 16, yeah. 17, all the way up to the real ball in 25, 27, whatever. So imagine you sell tires of all sizes, but someone who happens to work at a Spanish energy company has decided that they don't like you selling 14-inch tires anymore. So yeah. what they're going to do is they're going to say, well, from now on, we're going to impose a special tax on your 14-inch tires. And you say, well, you know what? That's fine. They're still in high demand. So what he calls capitalist intervention is someone coming into the tire factory, <laughs> slashing every single 14-inch tire in the warehouse, <laughs> yeah. and then saying, oh, look, on, the, on their own, they decided they don't want to sell 14-inch tires anymore. Yes. Wow, you can see 20% less people are now driving cars with 14-inch tires. That's what he means by capitalist intervention. So doublespeak. It's not what the so, words actually mean. Totally. So so I hope people – like I hope you see – when I laid out the play, I hope you see in the clips how this play is reflected in their speech. They're talking as though this is something that's naturally occurring by volitional free trade on the market – that people are wanting to go to this. But the carbon tax is a punitive tax. It is a sin tax on carbon. And that is what it is. So the, the reason it exists is to make carbon, anything that produces carbon, so unaffordable that people will transition off of it. So it's a deliberate destruction destruction of carbon-based fuel in our society and he's saying that's a capitalist intervention no that's a governmental yep. intervention and it's and a in corporatistic Canada. intervention that just so happens to pay off well for a lot of the energy companies and a lot of the players that are a part of this just transition and unsurprisingly, Andrew, this th this terminology, just transition, it's all over the WEF's platform. It's all over it. Um, the same language is used on the WEF's website. And this is from the preamble of uh, one of the WEF's uh, securing the energy transition white paper. This is what it says. We are in the grip of an unprecedented global energy crisis, which is manufactured, I should say, by people like the WEF and their global partners, kneecapping the, the energy sector. But let's continue on. But short-term fixes will lead to a bleak future. Therefore, we need world-beating change. This is what they say. To achieve energy security and sustainability, the only solution... So they've got the answer. The only solution to this, this situation is to accelerate the low carbon transition. A comprehensive repraisal of energy systems is needed to prioritize solutions that advance both security and 
communism of the 21st century, sustainability, while building resilience to potential shocks. This new report proposes a framework and 10 key actions to align immediate responses with long-term goals to accelerate a just and sustainable new secure energy transition. There you go, Andrew. That's the WEF. And maybe our listeners, especially in Western Canada, especially in Alberta, maybe they're thinking, oh, man, this last week there was a lot of talk about a just transition from the Trudeau regime that was going to kneecap the Alberta oil and gas sector and large parts of Saskatchewan as well. Is that a coincidence? Do people actually think that's a coincidence? No, it's not a coincidence. This is a plan that is coming down from super national organizations and meetings like Davos to deliberately kneecap these industries. And what we need to understand is your pain equals their gain. So the CPC or the CBC um, has this to say about the transition. They, they ran an article saying, oh, listen, the just transition isn't going to be the end of Alberta economy. You know, shut up, Alberta. You know, quit your complaining. They say this, the energy transition is going to be painful for oil workers. Yet, what is their advice? Shut up. Take it. For and this is the argument, Andrew, that's been told to business leaders, NGOs, faith-based leaders, government officials all across the world. This is the argument. There is a change coming, and you can't stop it. And if you won't go along with it, you're going to be left behind. So it's either champion the change, champion the fourth industrial revolution, or you become a fossil yourself. And that is the argument, and that is what's being done here. And the, the reality of it is who's getting hurt the most? The global poor, the people who are on the margins of society, and the hard hardworking blue-collar workers across this, this world. And what our global elites are, they're, they're flying their planes across the world, jet-setting to a ski resort in Davos, Switzerland, eating food, hobnobbing behind closed doors, right? Because we saw some clips, but what mainly takes place there is behind closed doors. It's all the elbow rubbing and networking that happens behind the scenes. Everything else is just a limited hangout. They just show us a little bit of what we're allowed to know and allowed to see. Everything else happens behind closed doors. But what we're seeing is all these people are going to this place, planning your future. And who's going to who's going to lose in the short term? Who's going to be the most affected by this? It's going to be the average Canadian citizen. It's going to be the average Italian citizen, the average citizen of all these various nation states. They're going to be the ones that suffer the most. And what they're essentially saying, Andrew, is learn to code. Shut up. Take it. We're doing this. You're going along for the ride, and there's nothing you can do about it. And well, to that, but, we have to say no. Saying, but what they're but, but it's it's worse than that. So what they're saying actually is, this is what's happening. Deal with it. Yeah. But we, in order to actually lead well and do what needs to be done, we're not going to play by those same rules because the last time <laughs> I checked, special. the last time I checked. I haven't seen world leaders investing in battery-powered hybrid jet planes. 
right? Because that <laughs> those don't exist. <laughs> the amount of power that's needed to travel in a private jet from Canada to Switzerland is not something that a Tesla battery can power and operate. So Absolutely they're not. fully prepared to continue living the way that they live. And this is the other this is the other grand irony. Even though they're telling you to eat bugs, I can guarantee you, friends, bugs were not on the menu at Davos. They were probably eating the finest cuts of Wagyu beef steak you can imagine. They were probably eating the most expensive seafood that you can imagine. They were probably drinking fine wine and champagne that's, that, that's more than all the wine you'll ever buy in your life combined in a single bottle. So they had no problem eating all the foods and doing all the things they're telling you not to do, including flying out there and using fossil fuels they're telling you not to use. And then mm -hmm. they're saying it, it's, it's animal farm. This is, mm -hmm. this is animal farm. This yeah. is all animals are equal, but some mm -hmm. animals are more equal than others. Yeah. And, 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 and everybody has to realize all the resources to themselves mm -hmm. while the chickens and the donkeys just had to deal yeah. with, the straw and the hay, they got to eat the fine foods from the kitchen yeah. once they overthrew the farmer. And everybody has to realize what is told to the public, what is sold, the bill of goals, goods that is sold to you is all animals are equal. What in reality takes place is some animals are more equal than others. <laughs> mm -hmm. That and this is this has always been the way that it has been with command and control economies. Those who, with the closest proximity proximity to the regime become wealthy. They live in the lap of luxury. They are the tippy top of the point one percent, and everyone else is poor. Everyone else is needy and everyone else is crushed under the jackboot of an overweening authoritarian state. Uh, authoritarian state. That's the reality of the situation. That's what the WEF's calling for. And that's what every single one of their young global leaders has gone towards when put into power. That's what you can expect. Guys, we have to be discerning. We have to know people by their fruits. We cannot be ignorant. But we have to win, guys. We have to push back and we have to say no. If you don't want this to happen, the time of sleeping is done. The time where our apathetic is done. We have to fight back. We have to get active. We have to do it peacefully because, right, they want the drag Floyd moment. They want you in all your anger over them trying to groom your kids into sexuality to, to hurt uh, or or do something wicked to to a drag performer. They want the the George Floyd moment where they can use something that's terrible that happens as the predicate to further ensnare you in the scheme. We can't give them that. It has to be nonviolent, peaceful intervention into the political sphere by getting active by associating with one another and by stopping the implementation of this nonsense in our communities that's Draghi's story and that's why we want to start with the good news Draghi's story Arden's story so many of these leaders Arden. Ardern, sorry, yeah, Ardern's Arden, story. Like what, what, what cheap, cheap jewelry and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and bad yeah. clothing? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Okay. Ardern's story should give us hope, is these leaders have been thrown out on their ears. They have been ostracized. The WEF's agenda and program 
has been, you know, thoroughly, you know, uh, unpopular. And we need to push back against it and hold people to account. And I think we need politicians who are seriously going to look at what the conflicts of interest are between politicians and the private sphere is because fascistic corporatism should be illegal. It, it, to, to, in this way, this is so overt and this is so wicked that these governments and their economic friends are picking economic winners and losers like this. It's crazy. And, you know, if we want to stop this build back better, great reset nonsense, nonsense, we have to wake up to the fact that it's going on. We have to stop worrying about all the you know, arrows that they'll throw our ways, all the names that they will call us, all the evil things and wicked slanderous things they'll say about us and actually fight in our sphere of influence to stop what is going on. Because the WEF and all that they're doing, it's no conspiracy conspiracy theory. And it goes far, way farther than what we've even been able to touch on right now. I wanted to talk about stories that kind of would elucidate what I've said in viral communo-fascistic regime. I think all in all these ways the stories that we touched upon you know highlighted the nature of that but you know you've mentioned digital id central bank digital currency that all of this is so we can create a group of technocrats who can control and command the world economy in in a way that they see fit um, and they're going to use covid and the climate stuff yes as 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 a as a cover Yes. Or as a distraction, right? They're going to deflect. They're going to. It's going to be misdirection. So we'll be. Yeah. They're, they're going to bombard us with. They 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 bombarded us with COVID stuff, mm -hmm. and that's how Bill C four passed through. That's yes. how an Ontario passed Bill C one hundred. That's how Bill C eleven is going to pass through. Mm -hmm. So they're going to use this as misdirection, and then sneak in all this other stuff. It's the same thing with the COVID thing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Same with the climate thing. They're going to use the climate thing and say it is an existential threat. It's the end of the world. And then while you're focused on that and you're focused on the carbon tax and you're focused on the fact that in Canada, as of 2030, 70 cents per liter of gasoline will be carbon tax alone. Mm -hmm. That's not total. That's 70 cents total. So they're going to use that to overwhelm you and then they're going to sneak in the digital ID and sneak in the central currency. And so when we talk about pushback, I just want to offer just a few very simple, practical ways that you can engage in the pushing back. The first one is this. In our church right now, I'm teaching through a creational cosmology. I'm talking a lot about dominion and the cultural mandate. And so I want to offer this right now. And this will vary depending on your stage of life. Um, get married, have kids, raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Right. This is the primary way that human beings engage in the cultural mandate. Because if the scriptures are true, and children are arrows in the hands of skilled warriors, then we need to fire those arrows deep into the heart of the kingdom of darkness. And the way we do that is by gathering arrows and then aiming them at our enemy and firing them, which means training children up in righteousness and in godliness. This, by the way, is why there's such an effort to murder babies before they're born, now castrate and sterilize babies after they're born, very young, confusing them about their gender, and now if you're over the age of 18 and you're depressed, you can kill yourself as of March. Why the effort to destroy families? Why the effort to destroy children? 
because families and children are precisely how God has told humanity to fill the world and form it and have dominion over it. So have kids, train them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You need to find like-minded people who own businesses, who own restaurants, who are entrepreneurial. You need to rally around them and support them. If you know that in your city, in your town, there is a like-minded person who is not for globalism, who is not for this demonic agenda, then support them. Buy your meat from them. Buy your tools from them. Do your shopping there. It may cost a little more than going to Walmart. It may cost a little more than going to this store. But this is one of the ways. Let your dollars, let your wallet do the talking. Support like-minded people. Grow businesses. Find out who they are in your community. Build a solid parallel community, a parallel economy where you're supporting one another. We don't just talk about Rocklink Investment Partners because they're a sponsor of ours, and they are, and we benefit from it. But I personally have benefited from doing business with them. So think about where you keep your money. Invest it with people who you can trust. Right? These are very practical ways. Find these like-minded people in businesses, organizations, support them, rally around them. You know, Start thinking about local farmers and farmers markets where you can buy your eggs and your produce like this. This is not super crazy stuff, but what we do is we invest money and we are intentional in building relationships with like-minded people, supporting and building up that economy, that culture, so that we're depending less on the globalists and less on these supranational organizations. We're not dependent on them. They can't control us. They can't overwhelm us. So engage in these ways. These are things you can do. These are things you can do this week, this month to actually push back and say, I will not be beholden to these monsters. I'll take responsibility for my own life and my own family. I'll be responsible with my money and, and steward the things I have well. You will be better off for it. And the tighter the grip gets of these tyrants, the more free you will be and the less scared you will be because you're not under their boot. You need to lift yourself up from under that pressure and be free men and women as God defines freedom. You can do it. I know you can do it. It's difficult. I know it's not easy, but it can be done. It can be done for your good and for the good of your children and for the building of a God-honoring culture. Absolutely. This is essentially our modern-day Tower of Babel, and we know how that ends. God will judge it. He sits in the heavens and laughs, as Psalm 2 uh, says, when the nations plot and conspire with each other to burst the bonds of Christ and his lordship. Uh, God will have the final laugh. And you know, I, I think that's such wise advice, Andrew. And, you know, also supporting outlets like ours, like True North, like uh, Rebel, who are actually covering this stuff, who actually care about what's going on and who aren't just um, controlled media, even in their supposed opposition. A lot of the times that's controlled as well. Uh we just touched on the surface. There's so much more to talk about when it comes to the WEF. We have an entire program um, also. Yeah, that and I don't eat bugs also. Into. I just got to say yes, this. Don't yeah. eat bugs. Did you, please don't eat bugs. Don't eat the bugs. Don't eat the yeah, bugs. Don't, don't, have not, bread, don't, don't have bread made from cricket flour yeah. and beetle butter. Reject <laughs> yeah. that. that. Yes. Is, 
And we talked extensively about that in uh, another podcast, which I will put in the description below if you want to hear us kind of go through, especially as it pertains to ESG and a lot of the other type of met like metrics that they're trying to put in place and, and pushing towards these SDGs, which are the Sustainable Development Goals. That's a, that's Those are terms you need to know, ESG, SDG, just transition, all these things are democracy. When you're hearing them use those phrases, you have to understand, as you made mention on that podcast, they're reading from the playbook. And unfortunately, in Canada, our government officials have been thoroughly infiltrated by the WEF. Look no further than Christia Freeland, who made her home at Davos this uh, last week. And, um, you know, the, the, the reality of the situation is they're forwarding this agenda and they're pushing all this stuff and they're reading from their crib sheets and they're doing just as they ought to do as the test store for the WEF, of you, as you've made mention. So we have to just fight back, throw these people out on their ears, get involved. The time for sleep and just to kind of go along with the flow, it's over, guys. And you know it. You know it in your heart of hearts. So we have to make these big changes and we have to fight these necessary battles. So we would encourage you to do that. And you can help support us, obviously. We would really encourage uh, you to do that so we can continue to make programs like this. So that we can go to Davos next year. That would be awesome. I Wouldn't would be totally be in it. I would get out, though. Oh, 100%. Show up. But that's that's good. That's good t TV, though. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that's good, good TV. TV. We might yeah. as well make a make a make a stink while we're up there. Uh, but I will be on my best behavior. If we can get to Davos next year, <laughs> I will be on my best behavior. Oh, man. Don't, don't make promises. You can't get. You I can't don't want to end up in a Swiss prison. <laughs> Oh, well. Anyways, you can support our stuff. You can either scan the QR code at the bottom of the page or go over to our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate to, to check out the options you have there and follow the prompts. We have some new uh, messages up there to help direct your donations to where you want to put them. Uh, so we definitely want you to steward your funds well to where you want them to go. So be sure to follow the instructions on that page. And we, we would ask you to prayerfully consider these things because I know despite, you know, uh, true North and rebels coverage, a lot of it is kind of a slipshot. It's like really high level coverage. They're just talking about what's going on, but I think you can see that we've really gotten down to the bones of it all. Like we're we're talking about where these plays are coming from, what their arguments are, how do we dismantle them and how do we push back and fight this stuff? And I think that's something that, you know, we're all working together the, this alternative conservative media in Canada in this uh, you know, informally or organically. I don't know any of the guys really other than a couple from those other organizations, but we're working to get this news out to Canadian citizens who are concerned about what's going on in their society. And uh, we would encourage you to help support us um, so we can continue to help fight back and push back against all this stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in. As we say at the end of every program, Galatians 5.1 till next time. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.